Hi, rich and abundant living gods and goddesses. Welcome to episode 10 of Jesse's World. Yep, we're at episode 10, folks, and I'm so psyched. This is such a big milestone. Um, I always talk about taking time to celebrate your accomplishments, and I feel like if you've been tuning in for 10 episodes, you've already made it a habit. So this means you're getting into and have achieved actually the habit of becoming your best self. Um, it takes 30 days to build a habit. So you've been listening to at least 30 days of episodes. So I'm so pleased for you. I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited for me too, because I'm on this journey with you. So this is really dope for both of us. And I'm just so happy. So yes, we're doing it. We're making becoming our best self a habit. Listen, honey, if everyone, if it was easy to be your best self, everyone would already be their best self. But the truth is, if you ask most people, probably everyone, they'll say they're not their best self because this is super duper hard work. This is like real hard work. You need to tune into every single episode, listen and re-listen, do the work in between. Like this is some real, at some point, maybe we need a, a daily show or you know what? We have different offerings though. I think two times a week is like good for this podcast, but we have a live show um, now on Wednesday nights where we interview people who are working on becoming their best selves. And we're coming up with some other cool things to help you along the way. So it's just an immersive experience. It's an immersive experience because you need all the tools and you need all the reminders and you need all the support you can get. And so do I, so that we can actually work towards and step into self-actualization. We're manifesting and attempting to manifest something that I don't think anyone's manifested before to, to actually become your best self and, and reach self-actualization, the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what we discussed in another episode, um, I, I think is just such a uh, noble and an absolutely intentional pursuit and absolutely the reason that we're here. We're absolutely here on earth to find our gifts, to manifest them, to water them and give them sunshine and give them every opportunity to grow so that we can be our best selves. That is the purpose of our journey on life. So I'm so excited that we're doing this together. Very excited. All right, back to it. We just had to take a moment to celebrate, guys. Episode 10, episode 10, okay? If you're loving it and you're feeling it, please follow us on Instagram at jessiesworldxo, okay? And there's a link tree. Always just stay in touch. Right now, I think we have a tip jar for anybody who wants to support the podcast, but we're going to be coming out with some cool offerings. They're just going to help you keep this journey up. So good job. All right. This is a place where we shed the facade and we instead work on building and improving our authentic inner self. Okay. Um, facade is defined as, and, and this today's intro, cause it's episode 10 is a little different. We're not perfect, we're growing, um, we're developing, but um, we're doing it. So facade is defined as, it's the face of a building, all right? But also it is an outward appearance that is maintained to conceal a less pleasant or credible reality, okay? So an outward appearance that is maintained to conceal, to hide, a less pleasant or credible reality. Okay, so this is, you know, 
we've all seen it, especially in today's world on um, social media, right? Somebody could be financially struggling, but they're posing with, you know, the latest, hottest car. They're, they're sporting a ton of money and showing it off diamonds. And then who knows where they, they might have rented it for that, for that shoot. Because in, in a content creator world, <laughs> sometimes every day is a video shoot, right? And so, I mean, be careful. Be careful about believing the hype, I guess, um, when you see the facade in others and somehow judging yourself by that barometer that's fake and, and, and untrue and, and, and a facade. Or, and also be careful about putting one on. Um, and, and however, I don't know your brand, if that's part of your brand, we all want to show our best selves. You show up at an interview, you don't start off eight miling yourself, right? Telling all the, highlighting all the flaws. No, you do bring your best foot forward, but do the inner work so that the outer matches the inner and you can feel proud. I actually have a quote that I, that I wrote. Um, I put all my quotes eventually on Jesse's world. They show up there, uh, Jesse's world XO on Instagram. And this one really kind of speaks to what we're saying we're here to do. We're here to shed the facade. This hour that you and I, we spend together, this is a safe place, okay? It's safe for you to just be you. I'm flawed. I'm, I'm so real about my flaws. I'm flawed and I'm okay with it. I, 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 I'll, I'll post pictures that are not great. My hair will be messy. My, 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 um, I don't wear makeup. And I do this intentionally um, because... You know, I might actually look better <laughs> when I go out or dress up or, but I do this intentionally sometimes because that's, they're both, a, they're both a part of us. I'll show, I'll show both sides of those, right? And then you, you don't want people to, I don't want to set a false narrative, especially in a place where I say we're, we're, we're both, we're all working on becoming our best self. I want to be clear that I know that I have stuff to work on and it's okay. It's actually okay not to be perfect. We're actually not, we're not perfect. We're not, right? It's okay. That's okay. That that gives us something to work on. That gives us a purpose. It's okay that it's it's amazing that we have gifts that we're supposed to develop. If we just got them and had them, maybe we wouldn't appreciate them. We're supposed to develop them. That's part of our perfecting ourselves process. So yeah, here's a quote that kind of speaks to that. Um, obviously, I have a background in real estate too, so you'll get it. A home with a great wallpaper but rotting beams will be condemned. Think about that. A home with great wallpaper, but rotting beams will be condemned. But a home with no wallpaper, but strong, healthy, beautiful beams and brick will be proudly displayed as the key foundation to the home. It will proudly be displayed as key in the foundation of the home and it will increase its value. Okay, so when you go house shopping or if you watch shows about selling houses, you know, selling Sunset, they just came out with the OC on Netflix. I do like those shows. Again, background in real estate, I'm a broker. And so if you um, watch those shows or you, you, you're house hunting yourself and you come across a beautiful home with big, strong, say, you know, oak beams or 
just be they're beautifully you know they just so clearly just they could be old but they're nice they could be new and nice um an exposed brick wall nice clean good healthy this is a good healthy home it it's modern it can be modern and contemporary it can have whatever but you know like wow this is a dime piece right here like that's what we're trying to do to ourselves right now we're trying to be like wow wow like i see your inner you you're a dime like you want to be a dime inside before you're a dime outside part of my goal is um well i'm on a weight loss journey that's part of my goal is to just become healthier physically and um yeah get into better shape um and as much as i can talk about the journey as to where what led me here it's actually challenging because my thing is you know, I eat very healthy and I actually post some of that and, and that's good. Cause then when I do, um, visits to the doctor and stuff, I, I have great levels and that's wonderful. Right. Well, the other part is like getting enough sleep, which I definitely have to improve. Um, and I do have sleep apnea, so that's a challenge and that actually comes with weight challenges. I don't know if you're aware of that because if you have sleep apnea, <laughs> I wish someone had let me know before I left it untreated for a long time and had no idea how serious sleep apnea was. Um, I actually have a friend who, who someone close to them passed away from it. So I, I am taking it far more seriously. So we're at a point in life where looking at our health, understanding ourselves holistically from a health perspective is very important. From a mental health perspective is very important. And from a spiritual perspective, from what is the intention that we live with? Do we have good intentions? Are we putting good into the world? Like I seek to be a source of love and kindness in the world. I'm not a perfect person, but I want to add value. If you're around me, I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel good. I want it to be a warm and pleasant experience. I want to help you feel, enrich your own self, right? I'm not, there's no S on anyone's chest. We're all here to kind of develop ourselves and share ourselves, share our gifts, right? Share our blessings. Um, so we can do that by, by ensuring we have good, strong brick and, and good, strong, beautiful beams that we can, you know, bear ourselves and be proud of it, right? You don't want to be that wallpaper that underneath it is rotting, right? The wallpaper is your facade. Look at this beautiful Louis Vuitton wallpaper and underneath is just rotten beams and, you know, crumbling brick. You, you do not want to be that and that place will be condemned and it will be very hard to sell and the value when it's discovered will go way down and the thing about the age we're in is <laughs> when somebody t pulls back the um veneer right the facade you pull back that wallpaper and you see what's underneath it that information spreads it doesn't just stay with the person who peeked behind it so really trying to work on your inner core that's what we're doing I hope you appreciate the mission and stick with us. Um, let's increase our value, right? Let's increase our value, become high value people by working together to become our best selves, right? I don't, I can't think of a better investment. I really can't. If you have a sense of humor and are upwardly mobile and committed to becoming your best self, then you've come to the right place. Okay. Today's episode is all about eating elephants and breaking silos. But first, of course, you already know it's Tessie time. And today is going to be a controversial 
and spicy one, especially if you're an emotional thinker. But if I challenge you to be a critical thinker, then I think you can get through Tessie time and really understand what I'm saying. And this lesson will serve you well in life and it will actually become a practical tool that you can use, okay? So today it's Tessie and here's what I'm talking about. Balanced, interactive discussion. It's what I seek to have here and it's what we need to have in the world. It's what's missing from the world. We are missing valid, balanced, interactive discussions, conversations where there are more than one person, more than one perspective, and it's not about pushing an agenda, it's not about pushing a narrative, it's not about only seeing one side, it's about seeing a challenge and, and, and listening to everyone to try and find the best possible solution, which may become a hybrid of those solutions. I remember growing up, we had these community forums and I was a young girl, like 14, 15, going to these community forums where politicians, community leaders, sometimes educators, and people like me, youth, would come together and we would discuss community issues. And then we would come up with solutions. And often the best solutions came from a hybrid of perspectives. Because the truth be told, maybe if let's say the issue had to do with um, youth, a youth would know firsthand what they're going through, but they might not understand the system. Maybe the politician knows what other people are saying in the community. The, the, the teachers heard from parents and the actual community leaders understood the system. And then when you take all these perspectives, you come up with a solution that considers not just the emotional response to an issue, which is the world we're living in, right? You can, the cancel culture, the, like the fallout from some of these knee jerk reactions can be very, very devastating and long lasting, very devastating, very long lasting. If you're not careful without the ability to critically think you're actually putting society at risk. And all of that good training I got growing up, having these discussions, sitting at tables with people, and now it can be done virtually and that's okay too. But the key components missing today that I seen present then were that people showed up at the table with an open mind and a willingness to have a discussion and a desire to find a solution, not their solution, not to push what they emotionally thought is the right answer, Okay, but to hear everyone, to say their perspective, to add value and together be willing to figure out and find the best solution. And if that solution came in the form of, okay, that was your idea, that's great. Thank you for adding that value. If it came in the form of that was my idea, then wonderful. I'm glad I could help. And if it came in the form of that was our idea and it's like a mishmash version, then you know what? That's great too. And at the end of the day, that's how we, that's what we need to be focused on. We need to be a solution oriented community again, but that's missing. The other thing that's missing is the actionable items afterwards. There's all this hype and all this drama and all this upset. And then very few, little follow around follow up. There's a lot of like lip service, sometimes like in the whole black lives matter, 
what I, what I witnessed when I was just kind of taking a peek was I'm not saying this is across the board, but I witnessed a lot of knee jerk funds go up. Okay. And which is good. That's great because we do matter <laughs> and we need funding. But then what I've seen is as agendas quickly shifted and other people got in on it too. And then I seen those funds all coming down their time period. Those funds were, were connected to a time period, but the issue is not connected to a time period. The issue is still very current and very relevant. Yet the funding went away, which tells me that it's not actually about addressing the issue. It's about, you know, the facade, right? You, like, you gotta, you gotta really pay attention here. So, um, the other thing is they did a study and they showed that on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, wherever, Twitter, on social media. Okay. When people jump on and they like go hard for what a cause or a belief, they feel they did their part. As a result, you see actually a lot of decline in donations, despite the fact that you might see, um, hype around GoFundMe, big GoFundMe numbers or big, whatever. No, there's a decline in like bricks and mortar, you know, charities, some of them getting those donations because people already felt like they could gave to the cause when they, <coughs> sorry, when they shared. So be careful about the difference between being emotional and actually making a difference. Okay. So today in the news on CP24, there's, they were discussing and this, I thought this was a good example of what I'm talking about. And that's why I'm bringing it up on CP24. They were discussing migrant workers specifically in this case from Jamaica. Unfortunately, one had recently passed away and may he rest in peace. And I ask that God bless his family. Um, because I understand that that would be tremendously difficult. And I think that it does. The news story is very, very relevant and it requires attention, right? It does. And, um, who was speaking on a behalf of, you know, really in this, in this particular segment, Jamaican workers, what was actually not a Jamaican. I don't know if that matters or doesn't. I just found it a little bit interesting that there was no representation from our culture. Um, I'm Jamaican, but it was the leader, I guess, of the migrant workers for change Alliance. Why I think it might make a difference that the person wasn't Jamaican is this I'm Jamaican and I have family that's obviously Jamaican and I have family that has done the, the, the farm work program, the program they're talking about and the migrant work prog worker program. And what I know of the program and the different people that I know that are still very much in that program in America and Canada, it is an important program that helps put food to the table of Canadians, North Americans. Um, what I know is that it puts food on their table too. I know that getting that coveted spot means a lot to them. I know that it's a transformative, upwardly mobile experience for them and their family. This is my, per this is my firsthand knowledge. I'm not commenting on other people's experience. This is the experience of the people that I know that have had the experience and what they have shared with me. So I am not here to debate experiences. I understand both experiences can coexist, right? Both pause. Someone can have a great experience shopping at the gap and someone could have a poor experience shopping at the gap and they're both valid. Same here. 
But what I noticed is that CP24 gave a platform to the Migrant Workers uh, for Change Alliance to discuss um, this. And, and I think, again, it was an important issue to bring up, but I don't think a balanced perspective was brought forward because what they were saying was, basically, they had a couple key messages. One was, workers aren't being treated right. There are issues. Uh, some of them are health and safety issues and they need to be addressed. Okay, I agree with that. They have me on board, 150% I'm there. Okay, I, I think not all workers are having that issue and that's a distinction that's important because they kind of presented it as if it is all workers and then they started to go further then and presented as if it's all farm owners and I think that's really unfair because I know there are farm owners who care about their workers and who treat their workers well, build good relationships, and bring them up basically for their lifetime feeding their families. So it, it, it is a win-win for some people. For some people, apparently, it's a very uncomfortable and even dangerous situation. Okay, so it should be a win-win for everyone. I agree with that. And what is uncomfortable or dangerous needs to change. I agree with that. But then they presented one possible solution, just one only one solution and that solution is that from now on all migrant workers who are temporary residents while they're working here they come on a work permit to be able to work here for the period of time that they they're needed and then they return return home should now all become permanent residents and to me the fact that they're presenting one solution and also possibly vilifying farm farm owners the, it, it can be it can be disastrous without balance and critical thinking without looking at and considering other possible solutions for ex and other possible drawbacks for example is it truly feasible i don't know for people to now not just migrate themselves full-time immigrate themselves full-time permanently to canada but now their entire families as well because now you couldn't possibly be asking a lot of these people have children back home have wives back home you couldn't possibly expect them to like full-time leave those people so then they would have to come as well and will they then still be farm workers and i can assure you that Many won't, many won't because they were presenting part of the issue is that if they speak up against their employer, their employer might not bring them back. So they won't do it. And that is an issue and that does need to be addressed. However, if they come here permanently, they just won't be with that employer. What if Canada is relying on migrant workers from wherever, because I know they don't just come from Jamaica, there's several locations. If we rely on re migrant workers and all of a sudden we create a policy that can drain at least, and I think I'm being very generous, at least 50% of the workforce, then now we've circumvented immigration law. Like now, immigrate, like we would just constantly be pouring in new workers trying 
to always feel the fact that they're always going to leave? What would incentivize them to stay any longer? Would it not, hmm, here's another possible solution, just thinking off the dome, would it not be better to actually address the issue? Because the issue is not that they're going back home when they're done their season. That's not actually the issue. The issue is the poor working conditions and possibly abusive, because um, the allegations were that there's abusive behavior or treatment of workers, that there are rat infestations in some cases, they, their rats have eaten their food, that there's health and safety issues, both on the work site and in the living, in the living quarters. All of this is deplorable, shameful, and needs to be fixed. There's no doubt about it. But if that's the issue, why are we talking about the ability for them to leave the person who brought them here? Because then we're leaving a big gap in the food to table situation in Ontario or Canada why, or America or North America because it's everywhere. So why are we not saying, well, then let's get the ministry, let's revise the laws on temporary workers. Let's get the Ministry of Labor and I'm not sure, again, this is off the dome, maybe some of this is already being done, but isn't the solution to have the Ministry of Labor do what they do? They do it for all of Canada anyway. Are they not, should they not go in and check the living conditions? Should they not go in and check the work conditions? Should there not be some mandatory safety training involved, uh, both for the employer and also for the workers that they bring up? Perhaps a welcome kit would be great. When, when, when people arrive, they're given trainer, training by the ministry that's safe, the, the employer doesn't even have to be there so that they can just speak openly and freely at that time about any concerns as well. They can learn about their rights. They can be given information with a clear phone number because you, know, you wanna make sure there's no barriers um, in terms of communication, in terms of literacy, I worked for years with the Literacy Council, and so I, you know, I just am always aware of that being possible for people, and most people won't disclose it. And you give a phone number, and if they call, they can call anonymously and say, I'm at this farm, and you know what, we have rats. I'm at this farm, and the, the employer's being abusive. Here are some of the things that are being done. I'm at this farm, and the equipment is unsafe. I'm worried about people's you know, safety. I think it's life-threatening and not connected to a name and not have, I mean, the, the, the employer is not gonna never bring back all of the farmers, right? And then there needs to be education for the farm, for the employers to know that, hey, you cannot treat, human rights applies to everyone. These workers are coming to meet a seasonal need that allow you to continue to run your business and operate your business. They should be valued, they should be respected. Right, and here are the ways, and not only should they, but in fact, legally, they must. And here, here's what happens if not. And here are the fines, and here are whatever. And if you start hitting people like that, I bet you they treat their workers better, right? And you, then you didn't create this gap, this kind of issue where all of a sudden, because if we could fulfill those roles with Canadians right now, then I think that we would be. And if we're not, I'm, you know, we need to look at that as well. So if we can't fill that role with Canadians, then we need migrant workers. And if we 
get a rid get rid of the concept of a migrant worker who's going to work here because yes you might bring them with that intention but if they if it's not a program that continues to bring them and that they can just at any time day three get up and leave then you're going to constantly drain your pool so and you're going to have an immigration kind of thing happening on the other side now that has to be dealt with because what screening did they go through? Do they now have to qualify for regular immigration standards and do they have to come through that process? How long does that take? And and that's the other thing, timing and processing. It's a lot like, would we have, a, a, a again, a workforce gap, right? So there's a clear lack of, of critical thinking, I, I think, that's my personal opinion. You can let me know in your comments if you agree, but I see a lack of critical thinking when I see the Migrant Workers um, for Change Alliance present one and only one possible solution and CP24, the media responsible for, for sharing balanced views, perspective and news, really giving a platform to this one solution. And again, vilifying all farmers, which is like, they're not, you can't vilify all of anybody and you can't praise all of anybody. There's good and bad in everything. So that's Tessie time. I'm here to really, you know, I'm not for or against anything specifically, but I am definitely here and for critical thinking. Farm work is just one of many areas where, um, where, where, you know, it's a, just one of many areas suffering. I think that too often, you know, people, people let their emotions and their agendas kind of get the better of them. And they, they really just repost and share and even march with really, with, without really thinking about the outcome. We see this in politics too, where people say, change this law, change this thing. We're so sick of right. Let's go left. And they go left and they're like, ah, oh, we can't stand left. And there's a fallout. Okay, let's go right. And, and really, they go back and forth and the pendulum swings without ever settling on real clear good solutions. We should be so far ahead as a society in many ways. We're repeating the mistakes of the past because of this, you know, wishy-washy, emotional way of dealing with things. Guys, we have a brain for a reason. God bless us with the ability to think and we need to start really considering everything, going back to community forums, ripping down the facade, you know, destroying the silos and getting to the heart of the issues and presenting solutions. Okay, that's Tessie time. I've had my rant. That's just my opinion. You can let me know in the comments if you think I'm way off base or if you are also in agreement that we need to just be a society of people that think a little more, that are less emotionally attached to our original positions, that are willing to see the other side and wanting to see the other side and wanting to work together to find the best solution. We should all be rowing the boat in the same direction, folks. We should all want the same thing, to be our best selves, to, to, to have the best families, to have the best communities, to live our best life, to treat each other the best, to love each other, to pour into each other and to enjoy this life and this beautiful world where we get to experience and create. Um, what else is there? What else is there? What else do we want? We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We, right? we want to be blessed. We want to bless others. What's the problem? Let's row the boat together. Let's think critically. Treat your workers good. All right. All right. You already know.
It's time for Big Boss Vibes. This is where we get our boss on, guys. This is for every entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, or even professional working in a workforce who just wants to be their best. At the end of the day, we're living in a society of micro businesses. Micro economy is getting stronger and stronger every day. And if you don't know what the micro economy is, it is the economy of many, many, many teeny weeny businesses making great big splashes. And it's becoming the backbone of society. More and more tiny ones. I know everybody thinks huge conglomerates are running the world and in some ways they are, but to survive and to, to thrive and to be competitive, we are, we've almost, especially after the pandemic, gotten to the point where we're, you know, farmers growing potato, this farmer grows a potato and he changes it with that farmer who grew some squash. And now they both have squash and potatoes for dinner. And it's like, we're getting to that point again, where everybody has something to offer. Everybody's focusing on that gift that they have. And then when you bring everyone together, that's how you get a full Thanksgiving meal and never forget to give thanks. Okay, guys, gratitude is everything. So today's Big Boss Vibes topic is how to avoid stagnation in your business. This is huge. This is huge and this is for everyone. Whether you're starting a business or thinking of starting a business, this is really proactive and important, but you could have been in business for like a day, a year, 10 years, you know, you could be running uh, the CEO of a hundred year old business. It still applies. Stagnation is really, really corrosive to success. It will hold you back. If we're here talking about how to be our best selves and during Big Boss Vibes, how to run our best businesses, then you need to understand stagnation is not your friend. You need to be able to identify it when it happens to and to eradicate it and you need to be able to prevent it. So without further ado, I'm happy to bring you some of the antidote, okay? I'm gonna help you do what you gotta do. And I've done this for many corporations. As a business development consultant for many, many years, working with businesses at many levels, Fortune 500 companies, nonprofit organizations, small moms and pop shops, micro businesses, solopreneurs, you name it, I've worked with them, lots of artists, recording artists, stuff like that. I can tell you that stagnation ain't no joke. You do not want it. And I'm about to give you some real throw down advice that's going to help you with your business. Just make sure you take heed and you start to implement these things bit by bit. Okay. So number one, all right, how to avoid stagnation. All right. Is to keep that New energy love. New energy love, baby. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep that. <laughs> you got to keep that new energy, that honeymoon vibes, you know? Give the customers, give yourself, give give the mission, give your employees or your contractors that honeymoon treatment. You know that honeymoon treatment? You just meet that special one and you got them goosebumps. You feel those butterflies in your stomach and like life is just so brand new and everything's so awesome. And ooh, it's the honeymoon stage, baby. That's like the honeymoon suite at the hotel. It's always the biggest suite with the best hot tub. Honeymoon. This is how we come out swinging, right? When we launch a new business, a new product, 
whatever, a new video, music video, song. We, 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 we come out swinging. We let people know this is the dopest thing released and you need to go hear it, buy it, cop it, this it, that it. It's the best. And you, you know, people hit you up and you're so grateful. You repost the posts and you send thank you notes. And when people walk into your store, you greet them with a smile. You give them, if you're, if you're a, a, (laughs) you all know that restaurant, that new restaurant that opens up and they're nice to you and they, the, the seats and the tables are all clean and everything's blessed, bathroom spotless, food is on point. They're giving you extras putting happy faces on your to-go meal, throwing in something you didn't order for free. Like that's the honeymoon stage, right? Yeah, here's the problem. When you go back to that same place a year later, all their portions have reduced in size. The bathroom is out of order. (laughs) They're not happy to do what they do anymore. They're bringle. You don't even want to go back. You're like, fam, it doesn't even taste as good. No, because you were tasting love. Mm. Love, baby. Nothing tastes as good as love, okay? Trust. So, if you take the love out of the ingredient, it just leaves a bitter, sour taste in your mouth. Who's shopping somewhere that makes them feel bitter and sour? Who's showing up at work giving their all? They don't feel the love. If they feel bare sourness, either they're going to quit or they're going to come sour too. So you need to keep that honeymoon energy, that new love energy every day. It's not easy, but it's a blessed way to keep it fresh and to stay on the top of your game. Otherwise, you already know a new kid on the block is going to show up. That person's going to have a similar product or service or offering as yours. And they have love as their special ingredient. You know that thing you're running out of? Love? Mm Mm-hmm. They got that in spades. They're new. They got energy. They got the good grind. They got the good goods. Yeah, man. They got the good gratitude. And they're throwing it debout. And people are buying it because that's what people want. So you need to keep your good grind a good grind. And you need to keep them good goods good. And you need to have that good gratitude. Always be grateful. Always say thank you. That's tip number one, darlings. Okay, are you ready for tip number two? I know it's so real. You're like, I don't even know how to start with tip number one. You, you can do it. You can do it. All right, number two, scale. What? No, not the one you step on. Oh, that's a whole other story. Now I mean scale. Scale your business. You need to think even from the onset that you're there to grow. You need to know where you want to grow to. And you need to have some concept in mind and how that might happen. And so in order to scale, some of the things you might think about is just like, well, you know what? First, let's talk about why would you even want to scale? You don't want to get stuck in a cycle where you work for yourself instead of work on your business. So you don't want to get stuck trading your time for money all the time. Okay. You don't want to be your own employee. You want to be a business owner. You want to work on your business, not in your business. Okay. So because of that, you want Um, to have a good, strong growth strategy. So one example would be, you know, new people. So you would have to have an expansion strategy with regards to engaging contract workers, employees, what have you, right? Also, of course, you want to have a strategy for simultaneously expanding your customer base. 
because one has to be able to offset the other. Um, and then you want to improve and automate your systems and processes. Okay. You want to improve, and we'll talk more about that next, but you want to improve and automate your systems and processes. So those are two really key ways to scale, right? Is just making sure you're increasing your market share and simultaneously you're, you know, you're bringing or you're onboarding new staff or, or, or contractors, something to, to kind of help hold up that infrastructure so that you're not running yourself into the ground and that you're able to have a bird's eye view and actually manage your business. And then also, of course, you want to improve and automate your systems and your processes. Um, number three, you want regular annual or semi-annual, even better, um, kind of reviews of this system that you have and also I guess revisions you want to review and then see what's working what's not working and then revise what's not working and even increase what is working so these regular reviews and revisions are something that a lot of companies start off doing year one year two and then they stop or companies never do them until like five ten years that like they just never had that review revision perspective and they're really missing opportunities to grow. And again, new kid on the block shows up and he's not looking at the business as um, like, oh, we've been doing this for four years, 10 years, whatever, right? And, and there's no baggage. He's new and limber and, and, and he can kind of pivot and, and do what he has to do. He's looking at everything fresh. So you gotta keep your perspective fresh. To be, to be able to do number one and have that new love energy, you need to do number three, and keep that fresh perspective, which comes with annual and semi-annual reviews and revisions, okay? Uh, number four, you need, you need um, to silo-proof your company. Hmm. Silo-proof. You're like, what does that mean? That's okay. You know me. I'm going to tell you. So what is a silo? Well, basically, there's, you know, a technical term, but the truth is if they say people are in silos, silos appear when groups of people don't share information, goals, tools, priorities, or processes, okay? They don't share information. So you know that office that, you know, Maggie and Janny and Sally are besties and they have one priority and that priority is to watch the clock run out and go to lunch and talk about how horrible the office is. <laughs> Trust me, I've been a consultant in a lot of places. This is not unique. Um, and then, you know, another one is the CEO and his executive assistant and, you know, the board he, he reports to and his priority is to please the board. And so make sure everything, if it isn't running smooth, hopefully it is, then at least looks like it is. Right. And you have to be careful because some people really get caught up on making it look like it is that beautiful wallpaper we spoke about earlier. Instead of making sure that they can expose their beautiful beams and their nice brick walls. All right. You don't need the wallpaper. You need the beams and the bricks. When you're looking at your reports, anybody reporting to you, look for beams and bricks. Do not take wallpaper. Tell them, strip that out of their even their report. You don't want it. You don't need to hear about the wallpaper. You need the bricks and the beams. Right. So you have different people with different agendas. You don't want that in your business. Everybody must have the same agenda. They must understand the mission. OK, if you're in a, in a construction business, the mission is to be to show up and be safe. Like You're, you're going to be safe. 
okay? And you're gonna build this home, okay? And you're gonna build the home on time so that it's on budget, right? Mm -hmm. But you're still not going to compromise safety because safety is gonna be the number one priority and then time is the number two priority, okay? So that's fine, you can do that. But if, 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 if people misunderstand the mission and they think time is the number one priority, they might skimp on safety and now you have a costly accident. And that is expensive. And this is what I was referring to when I was talking earlier, or when Tessie was, about the migrant workers, is just that it's actually expensive to have these issues. On top of it just being really egregious and bad and wrong and, and against human rights, it's expensive. And we could reduce the cost of farming and putting food on our tables and hopefully that reduction in cost transfers to us in terms of cost savings on our groceries if we also reduce the incidences that are hurting people okay we don't want workplace injuries and we definitely don't want workplace deaths so really understanding the mission and having a clear mission that's fulfills the purpose. People are sometimes very short-sighted. Sometimes even leadership will say, no, time is the, the, the number one thing. No, no, it doesn't matter. You can drive somewhere quickly and not get there because you got into an accident or you can drive somewhere at the speed rate, right? And get there and safely and get there safely and arrive safely and have fulfilled your mission. So just breaking down silos. And one of the ways to break down silos is to have a really clear mission. Everyone rows in the same direction. That's like the number one thing you have to do, okay? Number two is clear communication, right? From management, so management has to not be wishy-washy on the goals and, and the mission and the purpose and how things are done. And then also within each other, right? Be careful how you see people working together. Are they excluding people? Are they making things personal? It's always dangerous to get too personal when it comes to business. You want it to be about the mission, not about your feelings, okay? That's really, really important. You want it to be about the mission. You want it to be about the customers. You want it to be about safety. You want it to be about productivity, not about emotions, all right? And then another way to help kind of silo-proof your company is to clear out the cliques. So we just talked about that. Nothing creates emotions like cliques and nothing breaks down and erodes. Cliques are almost the cancer of corporate culture, to be honest with you. Um, actually, I think that's a quote, but yeah, cliques, that's like my quote, but cliques are the cancer of corporate culture, okay? Um, I've been in a role as a consultant at a lot of places where um, cliques have really broken down. People spend more of their day talking bad about each other, water cooler conversation, you know, complaining about people, avoiding work than they do working. Imagine what that does to productivity. Imagine what that does to how they serve a customer, to their overall attitude. All of a sudden, all the love, remember that new love energy, is being sucked out, right? No good grind, no good goods, no good gratitude. So cliques are dangerous. Yeah, I might feel nice to the people that are in it that feel they've built a little community, but what would feel more 
what would feel better? It's almost like a wallpapered facade. It's actually very stressful. And instead of bringing their work home and working on it, which isn't great either, they're bringing their drama from the office home or whatever. So you don't want that. So what you would do is create a, an, a good environment, like a community. Remember that roundtable community we talked about? A good environment for everybody to know each other's skills, to appreciate each other's skills, to, to get to know each other as people, and to really appreciate each other as people. Some kind of regular touch point, team building and leadership. Um, like I've done leadership retreats with some of my colleagues I've worked with Farley Flex. I've worked with Gary Durant. Um, anyway, I've done leadership retreats that have been really transformative um, for corporations and nonprofit organizations, boards and staff. And it's it's unbelievable how refreshing, how light the air is after a good quality retreat where people can kind of pull back those those veneers and see each other's true self and their each other's value and appreciate each other. You don't want to talk bad about somebody you love and appreciate. Why would you do that? Right? But if you don't know each other, it's easy to do that. So that's another op- option. And then of course you want to reward feedback. This is the last, the last tip on, um, silos is, uh, and even on big boss vibes, right? Avoiding stagnation in your business. You want to reward feedback. This is huge, huge. And that's why we're ending with it because it's so big. So there's a study that says um, that it costs more. I mean, anything, all the studies say it. It costs more to gain a customer than it does like to keep a customer. And also it costs more to gain a new employee than it does to keep an employee. Like when you lose an employee or, or a contractor or a worker, you're not just losing that relationship. You're losing all of their knowledge. You're losing their relationships with your clients or with the systems and processes, right? You're, you're losing all of that and you have to bring someone in and you have to train them and you have to kind of acclimate them to the environment. And if it doesn't work, you have to try someone else and it can be quite a costly process. If you lose a customer, most times the customer will not tell you why. And so you're not able to correct the issue in your company and you continue to lose customers. This is why good companies, when they lose a customer, thank that customer if they let them know why and even try to rectify it because they already understand it's much cheaper to keep that customer than to lose them. So what that means for you, whether it's a small business, whether you're in an organization, what have you, is if someone gives you a complaint, and I mean honey, honey, even in your personal relationships, okay? May not be easy, but sometimes people just love getting stuck on wrong and strong, okay? Yes, it is not cool to be wrong and strong. It's not, like I'm just letting you know, it's not cool and it's not attractive at all, not even a little bit, so stop it because everybody's done it and it's not cute. We're grown, we're grown. If we're listening to this podcast, we're probably grown, okay? And I don't care if you're grown and you're a youth growing up, but you're grown, or if you're a full-grown adult and you're a grown, or if you're 102 and you're grown, I don't care. You are grown enough to understand the concepts in this podcast. You are grown enough to understand what I mean when I say you don't want to be wrong and strong, okay? 
And yes, that's, I think that's a Jamaican saying, right? I have a few sayings that just kind of come from culture, but even if you haven't heard it before, you can ascertain that when you're wrong in an argument, you don't want to stay firm, hold firm just so that, because what back to, <laughs> back to the community table, what is the point of an argument? Is it not to foster understanding? Like in a personal relationship, if I'm arguing with you, if you're my partner and I'm arguing with you, I'm argu- I can assure you, me, Jessica, I'm arguing for understanding. I want to have a meeting of the minds. I want to understand the issue and I want to find a solution. That's why I'm arguing. Why are you arguing? Are you arguing just because you already have a point in your mind, but you don't want to let it go and you don't want me to think that I was right and you were wrong? Is that what you want? Because that is like you, you might have won the battle, but honey, I promise you lost the war. You lost the war. You lost the whole war. Why would you do that? Why? Who cares if you're right or I'm right initially? When we walk away from the conversation, we will both be right because we created a meeting of the minds and we found a solution to the issue. And that's really the adult thing to do. So that works in personal relationships. You're welcome for the tip. And it works in professional relationships. So if someone loves you or respects you or hates you enough to tell you why they're not happy with you, the first thing out of your mouth should be thank you. Because what they've given you is an opportunity to consider their feedback and evaluate if in fact you believe that's true and review, have you lost others because of this? Is this a pattern? Have you, how many customers have you lost from the same feedback? How many lovers have you lost? Have all of your partners that left you told you the same reason? Maybe you need to change something. We're here to become our best self. There's no shame in the game. We all got to change. We all have stuff to change. That's cool. It would be nice if we focused on the stuff we actually have to change, like the problems. Let's know our problem areas. Thank you for telling me what I need to improve. Thank you. Now I have information to go away, consider it, and validate it. And if I validate it, and you have to do that step, just because somebody, because some people really leave for different reasons. And uh, maybe they don't have the money to pay their bill that month. And they say, I'm going to leave because, you know, whatever, right? You guys did a bad job when you cut my lawn. And so I don't want to work with you. But really, they just don't want to pay you. Because when you look at, you take pictures every time you cut the lawn, you can look at the pictures um, of the last three months and the lawn looks the exact same. But this month there's an issue, but it looks the same. You have the pictures as a proof. Then you can kind of say, well, I think that that's untrue and there must be a reason other than that, maybe it's not that they don't want to pay. Maybe it's that you got a new person that did it and they did cut the lawn great, but they were rude. Maybe that's the, the, like, so you might want to dig even a little deeper, have a deeper conversation. I had poor service once and I tried to cancel the service because the person had said something really rude to me. Um, and it hurt, it hurt, but it hurt so much. And I, it was kind of a weird thing. Like I knew so, so I really can't tell the story without telling the story, which is 
So somebody of a different culture said to me, wow, I'm so beautiful. Where did I get my light skin? And where did I get my light eyes? And look how beautiful my hair is and how it's so long. And then they said, oh, because I have one child, your child didn't get your color. Oh, God is not level. And I was like devastated, devastated because my child is darker than I am. And I was just so hurt. But also the person clearly, like clearly didn't know how hurtful that was because they were trying to be nice that whole exchange, but it was so out of pocket and hurtful. And so me being me, I just said, I'm just never dealing with this company again, right? But it was a service I actually really needed and they knew that, but I just said, I'm not going to. And so the supervisor contacted me and was like, what's happening, right? Like tell, like, tell me the truth, like what's happening? And I wasn't sure if I wanted to tell or not, but eventually I said, okay, well, they did everything right, but this one thing kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And they said, that's okay. We can get someone else for the future to come there. All right, cool. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, they said, this is not the first call that they had where the person kind of came out of pocket. So... That meant that they were doing what I'm suggesting to you. They were assessing, they were taking the feedback, they were saying thank you, they were not punitive, and they were using it as an opportunity not to fire the person or you know, treat the person terribly. No, to, re- to kind of train that person on how to improve. So it turns out that it's good for the person, it's good for the customer, it's good for the business. They don't lose a customer. Customer continues to get great service. New per- the person gets some good, important training on what's appropriate and inappropriate, and everybody wins. That's what happens when you're open to feedback. That's what happens when you're open to change. And you can't become your better self and not be open to change. And you can't re- improve your business and not be open to change. So when I say that, this is the most important, like one of the most important things that you need to reward feedback. You really need to reward feedback. People need to feel safe to tell you this is happening and not fear losing their job, not fear losing their partner, not fear losing their best friend, not fear um, you getting angry, you shutting them out. No, be open, say thank you, seek to listen for understanding. Seek to listen for understanding, then go away and just sit with it, right? Does it feel authentic to you? Does it feel true to you? And if it does, do a little digging. Is there a pattern? What is the root cause? How do we get rid of it? Because now you've catapulted your business into another dimension. You've solved the fundamental issue that was costly and you didn't even realize it and was holding you back from becoming the next level of your business up. All right? Like, don't be afraid to look in the corners to get the dirt. You know when you sweep? You can't just sweep the floor. Sweep the corners. Miss nothing. Oh, 
Can I get an amen? I mean what I'm saying. I'm giving you some good stuff. People pay me thousands for this type of stuff. Like, you need to listen. This will help you, honey. If it does not help you today, it will help you tomorrow. I promise. And if it doesn't help you in your business, you I just saved your relationship. You are welcome. Because it is a transformative and transferable skill. All right. Now we're going on to today's topic. I know our episodes are gotten a little bit long, haven't they? That's okay. Let me know in the comments. Do you like when we go out over the hour? Do you prefer that when we keep it within the hour? Let me know because we can break it up. It's all good. You let me know. But um, the topic actually is pretty short, so it's all good. Um, It's how to eat an elephant. What? Huh? Yeah, how to eat an elephant and other productivity tips. So now that we know that we kind of have great new love energy and we're scaling our business and, you know, we are making regular reviews and revisions and we don't have any pesky silos and we're taking that feedback, learning and growing all the time. Now we have to focus on productivity. That's right. We need to be productive every day. I don't care if you're an influencer, if you're a sports guy or girl, if you're a podcaster like me or a writer like me or a business coach like me or a life coach like me, or if you're, um, I don't care what you do, no matter what you do in this world, you need to manage your time and energy. I have a whole series coming out on energy management I'm so excited about, but you guys will know when. Okay, just stay tuned, stay tuned. But you need to manage your time and your energy and you need to, to keep your eye on productivity. And, and especially if you're just starting out and especially this best self stuff, it takes some time. So you need to manage that into your time, loving yourself, self-care, dates with yourself, all of this while still making money, while still being productive. It requires time management and productivity management. Okay, so I'm here to help you. And it can feel overwhelming. It can cause anxiety. I've been there. John knows some days I feel like I'm staring at the top of a mountain from the bottom. And that's okay. We can do this. How do we do it? Well, I'm about to tell you. When I was a child, no, growing up, anytime I was um, feeling very overwhelmed, even in my adult life, actually, I think it probably started in my teen and adult life, um, my mother would tell me, this little thing that stuck with me and it's still helpful to today, which is she would say, Jessica, how do you eat an elephant? Of course, the first time I was like, Ma, I don't, I don't know. I would never eat an elephant. Like what? Who's eating elephants? <laughs> but after that, I always knew what she meant. She said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So if you think about an elephant, you're like, jeesh. You have to eat that whole elephant. How are you going to do that? One bite at a time. You know you're not going to just open your mouth and the whole elephant. You're not a snake. The whole Okay, I don't think even a snake can do that. <laughs> but you know that you can't eat an elephant with one bite. You know that. So why are you trying to eat your goals with one bite? Why are you trying to get everywhere with one bite, man? You can't do it. You already know. So, all right, cool. You're going to do it one bite at a time. Let's talk about that. First, we've already discussed the importance of clear goals. I'll always say it and I'll re-say it because if you have no goals, you have no direction. If you have no direction, 
and you have no destination, how are you going to go know where to go and when to celebrate, right? So clear goals and always refresh your goals. Okay, we're here becoming our best selves. So as we're manifesting, we should be leveling up, leveling up, which means we need to continue to improve our goals. I talked about this before and I have to do this. Um, my old vision board, I don't have it up anymore because I accomplished every single thing on my vision board. It probably took a couple of years, but I did it. So now I need a brand new vision board with new goals because I'm on a new level, baby. Yeah. So that's what we got to do, right? Clear goals, right? Then we got to have bite step sides towards those goals. We've talked about this in our strategic planning episode, right? So you're going to break your big goal down into little bite size, right? That's how you're going to eat your elephant. And you're going to really try to just make sure that you, you consider your, your whole life when you're doing that. Be holistic in your approach. You want to avoid burnout for yourself. You want to avoid burnout for your employees. In order to kind of have that new love energy we talked about earlier, you want to make sure that you are fresh. So yes, you don't want to be spending all your time playing, but you don't want to spend all your time working. There's a time and place for everything and you got to have a balance. Okay, work hard, play hard, baby. Like that, you know? All right, next. Um... You want bite size, sorry, you want to delegate, okay? You want to delegate. So every parent, I don't care how uh, how protective that parent is, I, I was definitely a protective, and I am a protective parent, um, but I don't care how protective a parent is, every parent eventually needs a babysitter, and every business owner who wants to actually scale their business and grow it to success needs people they can delegate to so that they can take on new responsibilities and bring the business to new heights. If you're holding on to the reins so tight that you won't let someone else do certain things because your way is the only way, your business won't grow past you. It can't grow past you. And that's the difference often between a sole proprietorship and an incorporation, not just status, but mindset. If you start a business telling yourself that I'm going to grow this so big corporation that many other people are going to be implementing and executing my vision, then you already know that going into it, you're going to be delegating. It's an easier process when it's time to let go. Sometimes when you start as a sole proprietor, you see yourself as running this business. You see yourself, this as your baby. And it's very hard, even though you might tell yourself one day I'm going to incorporate one day, this is going to be bigger. Sometimes if you're too emotionally connect, invested or connected to your business and not analytically connected back to the critical thinking, you understand, then you might not want to hand something off. Or if you hand it off, you might try to take it back as quick as you handed it off because it's not your way. It can't be your way or the highway, fam, if you really want to scale. People don't invest in like solo gigs like that can't supersede you because life is fleeting. Unfortunately, we come and we go. Institutions stay. They outlive us if we build them the right way. But that first step is delegation. You have to be comfortable with that. So you're welcome. That's important. And then after delegating, you have automation, right? We're in a technological age. So the beauty of that is that we can create lots of opportunities to kind of say, how can some of these processes be done quicker, faster, automatically, without humans having to touch it, so that humans, not so that we don't hire humans anymore, which I know people worry about, 
No, we need humans. We're the ones that think, right? We're in the knowledge economy now, right? The information age. So we are still premier when it comes to information. So humans can kind of be building the business, but if there's simple processes that you can automate, it can let that human be better at what they do, right? The thinking and being human part, okay? So try to automate your, I don't know what your situation is, but let's say something as simple as um, like a, a roofing company, they might decide to automate how they do their quotes. So yes, they still need someone to go out and see the quote, or maybe they actually automate that too. Maybe somebody takes a picture of their roof, they send it in and they give them the square footage, okay? They're able to, for, to then pretty much automate the quote, generate it, the person's able to accept it and pay the automated invoice. And then once the automated invoice is paid, especially like 50% upfront or something, then it automatically goes to scheduling and that date is scheduled and locked in. And now it's dispatched. All of that could be automated or it could be like a full-time job. And if you automate that, then you know, yeah, you're going to have a dis then it's dispatched and people go out there. Now, you know, you need the people to go to the roof. And you need certain things, someone to, to oversee the system, make sure it works, to follow up and see who actually paid and didn't pay. Maybe if they didn't pay the invoice, you call, you find out, oh, because the quote's too much or they'll do it later. But a lot of that can be automated. So that was just one example, okay? Uh, what can you automate in your business? That's a question for you to ask yourself. What can you start to delegate? What can you automate? Where are you trying to scale to? And how can that free up some time so you can help move your business forward. All right. Woo. I'm in the zone today, baby. Yeah. Okay. Next, I want you to have documented systems. So just like you want to automate things when you want, <laughs> this is why I specialize in developing success strategies for company, because often when they have business plans, big, bulky, dusty business plans, they don't know where it's located or it's in some drawer or some shelf somewhere. Nobody's looked at it. Nobody's following it. And nobody even knows the actual systems and processes they're supposed to follow. But if you do a lean approach like I do, then you're able to know very clear, very simple in a few pages. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is where we're headed. This is how we're getting there. This is the processes that will feed that. And these are the systems we will use. That's it. It's simple, simple, simple stuff. If you have these systems, everybody who comes through your doors needs to be trained on those systems. If they work for you, they need to understand the system so that if somebody leaves, someone can jump in like double Dutch and pick it up after reading your little handy dandy pamphlet. You understand? So <laughs> it's important to document your systems and processes and make sure they're easily repeatable and easily easy to be able to train someone on. Okay. And uh, we got two more to go on how to eat an elephant and improve productivity. Okay, this is like super duper amazing business hacks I'm giving you. So whoever tuned into episode 10, I, hey, I had to take longer than an hour today. This is episode 10, baby. Woo, 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 woo. I'm so proud of myself and I'm just so proud of you for working on yourself with me. And so I had to make sure to add high value up in this girl, high value up in this, right? Everybody who listens to this is going to become higher value off of it. I know I'm already growing and improving. So yeah, man, this is it. Two more to go. Streamline training. Okay. 
and conduct um, refreshers. I know small businesses don't love to do training. I don't know why. Big businesses love to do a lot of training, sometimes too much. Small businesses don't do training, but I work with a lot of small businesses and you need to do training. If you're the only person in your business, you need to set aside time for training. I'm building a platform called Platinum Indie and I provide a lot of advice and guidance and business plans to independent artists, small labels, managers, A&Rs, them things there. And I have to be at the top of my game. So trust that I'm always training. I'm always training, even if it's just me. Well, it's not just me. Actually, Tradell's in it too. Um, and there's a couple, you know, associates. But even if, it's, even if it's just me, I constantly need to be in training. I constantly need to learn and grow. So you need to always be growing. If you're an influencer, you need to know your market. Who are you influencing? And what type of influence do you want to have? I know who I'm influencing. I'm influencing people who want to be their best selves. And the influence I want to have, I want to spread love and joy and I want to help people find their gifts and nurture their gifts because I know that I did God's work on this earth and that matters to me, right? If I can leave the world a better place than I found it, then I did something special and I did some, I, that's my calling. That's what I want to do. My grandma put that in me and instilled that in me and it's a value that I hold dear and I believe in. So what's yours, right? What are you on? What are you trying to manifest and make happen? And like, are you doing training for yourself? And then if you do have a staff, are you training them? Are you always thinking not only how to improve you and the business, but are you improving the people in the business that are making it possible for you to have a business? Think about that. If you really want to be a winner, you can go a step further and think how do you improve life for your customers? Because that's what's going to give you a loyal customer, a lifelong customer. And as you learned a few moments ago, it's much easier to keep a customer than it is to lose one. So if you're considering how to improve life for your customers, that could be like back to the roofing example. That could be as simple as going from, you know, just kind of getting what you need when you're getting it to opening an account at certain supply stores and making sure you're getting a discount of up to 15%, depending on the supply location. I know a little bit about construction, okay? So yeah, and then maybe you pass on 50% of that savings to your customers. Well, number one, that makes you competitive in terms of pricing. And number two, that helps your your customers at a time where cost of living is through the roof. So look at that. Or maybe the cost of, of materials went up, but you saved the cost on registering with places that are gonna give you a better deal. And then you are able to not raise your prices for those customers that rely on you. Think about that. So like there's a ton of ways that kind of taking this best self analogy and putting it, applying it to also how you treat others will literally like, you know, those pop-up books, you open the page and everything pops up. That's what we're trying to do with your life. Like pop it up, you know, (laughs) everything just stands up and it's going well. So yeah, man, the last one, honey, and you know, we're doing it today. Celebrate your milestones. We've been doing that the whole show. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Actually, hit me up. Follow me at Jessica Vibes with a Z on Instagram. Give me a follow, okay? And send me a little DM saying, congratulations on your 10th episode. I just want to see like those, you know, those like boom, boom, boom party emojis. 
Yeah, man. I appreciate the love. Um, anyone who writes me, I always appreciate it. Follow at Jessica Vibes with a Z. Okay. V-I-B-E-Z. And um, also, of course, follow the show at Jesse's World. Okay. And same thing. Hit us up. Let us know how you like the episode. I'm so excited. It's episode 10. What are you excited about? Okay. Share. Share. Um, we're going to put out an episode 10. Like, yay. Post. Share our post and tag us. And then tell us what you're excited about and we will repost it, okay? I want to know what thing are you celebrating because, yo, if you don't celebrate and you don't, like, stop and smell the roses, um, it kind of just, I mean, how are you going to keep the new love energy? That's, that's part of it. That's part of it. That's, that's part of the whole thing is that new love energy, that comes with, like, the good times, you know, like, let the good times roll. Yeah, you need to celebrate, honey. All right. Do you guys know what time it is now? It's gods and goddesses time. You re- you recognize when I greet you, I say gods and goddesses because we're talking about our inner higher self. There's two frequencies in life, right? Lower, higher, right? So we, we, we trying to switch frequencies over here. That's part of the whole manifestation of best self, okay? We're trying to take ourselves from our lower frequency up to our higher frequency, and then dwell within our higher frequency longer, okay? As long as we can, until we just live in our higher frequency. Sometimes I get pulled out of my higher frequency. I know Tessie, Tessie's not always in her higher frequency. <laughs> and that's okay. We're not perfect beings. But the longer we can dwell up there, the more good we're doing for ourselves and others. So it's a blessing to do. So it is time for gods and goddesses. And you know, I want to talk to you about you time today. Can we start with a breathe in, babes? Mm, and then breathe out. Yeah. Can we do it again? In. Hold. Out. In. I love it when we do breath work together. Let's do it again, okay? In. And out. Yeah. Just want to calm you. We've been talking about some serious stuff. In. Out. Sometimes I fly high 50 million miles an hour, you know? In. Uh, talking business is always my sweet spot and I really, really am passionate about becoming our best selves, living our best lives, running our best businesses. Um, I'm so excited and blessed that God chose me and that I get to be um, a personal development and life development coach and just help people do it while I'm doing it for myself. And I love that I'm a work in progress. And... Uh, every day I have to practice what I preach um, to try and move the marker in my own life. In. Mm, and out. I love that good feeling when you get a few breaths and you just feel your body like go into relaxation mode. It's so nice, you know. Do you feel that? Mm, okay. So we talked a lot about valuing your customers, your employees, your co-workers, your family, your friends, your lover. Now it's time to value you. 
okay? And uh, what do you do that's just for you? Can you let me know? Like DM me, say it in the comments. What do you do that's just for you, okay? If you don't do anything, then we need to fix that, all right? But, I mean, I could give you some examples. Um, so, I go for walks. I love that. Um, that's for me. I don't love the bees. <laughs> I run away. <laughs> but um, I do love going for walks. I really love swimming. It's my favorite thing. The pandemic mashed it up a bit, but I will get back to it. Um, that was probably my favorite me time of all times. It's just swimming. Yeah, the goal is a private pool at some point. So doesn't matter what's happening in the world. I know I can swim and enter kind of my ideal, you know, state. Because I just feel like I'm blessed and light and happy and free when I'm swimming. It just gives me such joy. Um, yeah. It could be a date night with yourself. I also like that. Date nights with myself are fun. Um, what would you do? Have you done a date night with yourself? Let me know. If not, what would you do? Like, or what have you done? Um, it's really important, even if it's just once a month, if you could fit it in once a week, just with you, just time with yourself. You could do a movie by yourself. You could, I mean, it could be, yeah, it could be your, the walks or, but this is different. This is date night. Like it could be pampering yourself at home. I love to do spa days. By myself at home like again I used to go out to the spa and then the pandemic hit and I was I kind of got into doing these like spa days at home where I would just like shower with a different um so like I have sensitive skin so I usually use sensitive skin soap but then I'll use like mango soap on my special day and like you know I'll just do something with my hair or like yeah, just, I don't know, give myself a foot massage, like, just something spotty-ish, you know, like, girly, so everyone's different, um, you just have to think, like, what gives you joy, and what makes you feel so special, you know, because you deserve to feel special, and if you always, like, look for someone else to make you feel special, um, I mean, you might wait too long or they might not do it the right way. And I'm going to do an episode on, on expectations at some point. But I do find that the best place to put an expectation is on yourself. Um, because then you're responsible for meeting it. And not everybody's going to do what you would have liked them to do. So you can't wait for validation and you can't wait for love or good treatment. I mean... It, you want to accept the people in your life that are treating you well and you want to have a bar and we'll do we'll do an episode on that too you want to have standards and you want to have a bar but you also want to treat yourself super good you can't ask people to do what you're not willing to do for you so yeah tell me how you're going to treat yourself good right and then when you treat yourself good it's so much easier to treat others good right so you need to keep that new love energy with you you need to fall in love with you, right? I love you. I love you. Do you love you? Right? You have to love yourself. 
everything about yourself. Even though we have goals to like, let's breathe, okay? Even though we have goals to become our best selves, our core is our core. And our core is awesome. It's great. It's good. We're made by God. Obviously, we're amazing. So, (laughs) I mean, we're just expanding and building our core that God gave us, okay? So, I don't care what you think your flaws are. They are nothing in the face of your attributes, okay? There's another Jessica quote. Your flaws are truly nothing in the face of your attributes, Um, let that sink in and take another deep breath in, out, in. In fact, I want you to forgive yourself, right? For anything you feel you've done to contribute to your flaws and out. Forgive yourself and let them go. And because hmm, oh. you are where you are. And oh. and you can't change the past, but you can change the future. And if you want to know who's gonna win this battle, honey, I just told you, your flaws are nothing nothing in the face of your attributes. You got this, you got this, and oh, did I mention? You got this. You are amazing. You are beautiful. You are worth celebrating. And I know you love yourself. I can feel it because you're here working on yourself. Okay? I know I love you. I know I love me. I can love you because I love me. All right? All right? So let me know. What will you be doing to take care of yourself? To spend time with yourself? To celebrate yourself? Where will you go on date night? What will you do on date night with you? Send me a picture of you on date night. Hashtag date night with me XO. Okay? I want to see it. Date night with me. XO, right? AKA, I'm dating my damn self. No, I'm playing. (laughs) I'm so silly. Listen, um, I just want you to love you. And and that's what today's Gods and Goddesses is about. I'm going to count on you to go on a date this week with you. Okay? Promise? Pinky swear? All right. All right. It's shout out time. And I'm honestly going to shout out, first of all, all of you lovely listeners. We hit 10 episodes. Hey, I shout out me for getting to 10 episodes with you. And I shout out you for going on this transformative journey. It's, it's hard work. It's hard work. And we have to stay committed. This is a long-term relationship we're in now. You know that, right? This is a long-term relationship we are in with each other. Well, we work to manifest our best selves, okay? This ain't going to happen overnight. This is, this is the, the good goods. We're working hard. But I'm proud of you. So I shout you out. Yeah. I'm shouting you out. You are who I'm sending love to today. All right? And of course, you already know I have a quote and an affirmation for you. 
So let's start with the quote, okay? I love dates with me. I dress up. I get excited. I'm about to chill with my favorite person. And that's so dope. You want to hear it again, don't you? Cool. You can also follow at Jesse's World XO, where I post them on Instagram. But I'm going to hit you twice. Here you go. I love date nights with me. I dress up. I get excited. I'm about to chill with my favorite person, and that's so dope. Okay? You ready for your affirmation? Good. I want you to, like, breathe and just settle into it, okay? All right, you ready? All right. I do not have to do it today. I do not have to do it all today. I do not have to do it all today, okay? Just meditate on just the first line. I do not have to do it all today. Instead, I know balance will pave my way. I won't just plant the rose bush. I'll smell it too. When I fill my cup, it will runneth over onto you. Yeah, I hit you with a poetic affirmation. What? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I'm a poet too, but I don't know if y'all knew. Obviously, I'm a writer. I'm a poet because I'm an author, so you know I'm a writer. And if you read any of my children's books, Hip Hop Heroes with a Z, check it out on Amazon. We got Jack Fly and we got um, No Chains. Okay, then you'll know, yeah, I'm poetic. So let's try it again, though. It's a very, it might be a poem, but it's an important one. Okay, so let's just try it again. Because it's talking about that elephant we were talking about earlier. And just how to handle it, right? It's a nice little, if you could even memorize it, it'll just help you when you're like stressed. Okay, and feeling like you got to do it all. Nah, you're good. Listen here. I do not have to do it all today. Instead, I know Balance will pave the way. I won't just plant the rose bush. I'll smell it too. When I fill my cup, it will runneth onto you. All right? It will pour onto you, baby. That's what we're here. We're filling our cups and we're pouring our blessings onto the people we love and to the entire world. That is the mission. I'm so glad you're with it. Thank you so much for visiting Jesse's World. It's the perfect place to have good vibes and to have blessed words poured into you that you may continue to do the great work of becoming your best self. Okay, I hope you enjoyed spending time with me, your host, Jessica Vibes, with a Z, as much as I've enjoyed being with you. Okay, please remember to subscribe, follow, like, share. Reviews are always appreciated. Five stars, baby. (laughs) And you can follow me, Jessica Vibes, V-I-B-E-Z on Instagram. And of course, you can follow the podcast at Jessie's World XO. I really love you guys. 10 episodes. We did this. Okay. And we're going to keep doing it. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. You guys are so dope. And yeah, let's go get it.